0: Uh Rob I I have a problem with you.
1: You have a problem you <laughs> just <I> one do.
0: <laughs> a current one. I mean many but current. Uh why did you drop the um this this little anger bomb in my house uh the other day when you purchased my child fireball island vintage vintage board game in which families tear themselves apart chasing after a little plastic red ruby. <laughs> Sucks. I thought you meant
2: he like destroyed your you know plumbing who, uh, in the toilet, but that's not where who you're going.
1: No. who got in a fight over the heart of Volcar.
2: Uh, my my wife,
0: sweet little innocent wife, she was she was playing and holding back, and on her last turn, she obliterated my child <laughs> to steal the heart of Volcar. And then,
2: <laughs> holy crap!
0: <laughs> and then, and then sang a little song as she hopped her way to the uh, helicopter pad. <laughs> Yeah.
1: Oh um, my God. Uh, I fucking yeah. like love your wife.
0: It's really every
2: man for <laughs> themselves is with this hilarious. game. Hilarious!
0: It is. It is. So the the game board is is now wet with my child's tears. Wow. <laughs> and um, my wife is actually so... trying is going to have the little plastic ruby fitted for some sort of amulet.
2: And she's just kind of whistling right now, like doo ba doo.
0: Like she did. She was like holding. She was like holding it up to her neck, and she was like, "Ethan, what do you think? Should I ho- should I put <laughs> oh it like this? My, oh, she's like, what, what about what about a ring or an earring? Do you think? Yeah,
2: I can't really tears answer you right now, Mom. Like candy. Yeah. I can't. I can't answer you right now because um, uh, I can't see you through my tears. So,
0: <laughs> wow. I told him his next mommy wouldn't be so cutthroat.
2: <laughs> wow, because that is not a cutthroat thing to say either. Holy shit.
1: Wow, I that mean, is amazing. That's a lot. I love being able to, to sow it. marital strife in Greg's house.
0: Well, He just, says thank you for his birthday
2: present. <laughs> I'm glad he enjoyed it. And now you're on his hit list. <laughs> we should move on from this before things get uglier. <laughs> um. Okay, well, clearly you're listening to the Gimme Five podcast, <laughs> episode 231, side A. This is the Gimme 5 Podcast. It's a semi-entertaining show. It's about entertaining things. This is a side A episode, which means we're going to talk about pop culture, some entertainment news. We're definitely doing um, a movie. We're doing a book this week and um, an Amazon TV show, right? Mm-hmm, um, yeah. There's a Florida story that I'm uncomfortable with and whatever else caught our eye this week. My name is Carlos. And I'm joined by Kenny. Uh, I can
0: be Kenny. Sure. Is that like Kenny, Kenny Rogers Roasters?
2: Uh, you're kind of on the right track, but no, not Kenny yeah, Rogers.
0: So I, would, I would, like if Kenny Rogers Roasters could come back. Yeah, I would. That would be great. I would seriously invest. Yeah. I miss
2: that I, so I, much. I do too. Uh, um, and I'm also joined, we are also joined by Whitney. Who- oh, <laughs> I thought it said Whitey. No, it does not. There's a <laughs> T in there. That's what we call you off the N air. And N. <laughs> Hi, Whitney. Hi. Mm-mm-mm. This week we're gonna talk about Amazon Prime's Reacher. We're gonna talk about um the book that made Rob you. Mad.
0: I didn't know the name of it, so I just put it in as the book that made Rob oh,
2: Mad. We'll
0: we'll we'll get to it. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah that was, was called? Angry. <laughs> so I can Scribes.
3: Scribes. Thank you.
2: All right. And um the Netflix documentary. Clive Davis, the soundtrack of our lives. Greg, talk to me about spoilers.
0: Uh, So, you just heard the stuff we were going to talk about. Uh, If we ruined those things for you by reviewing them, and you were the type of person that would get angry about that, and would write us a letter about that, don't. Because we will make fun of you on our next episode. (laughs) And then, possibly... Rob will send someone that you love a board game, and it will end in the destruction of your entire social life. (laughs) (laughs) I think that covers our spoiler warning. Greg's tears
1: taste like
2: candy. Do any of you have any... uh, (laughs) It tastes like... (laughs) Does anybody have any news? I found two things from, like, the world of Disney+. Plus.
0: We have a a good old fashion fashion music feud. Mm. Mm. A real or imagined? Real-ish.
3: So it's it's, not like
1: the Rock and Kevin Hart feud. Is that real? No, I imagine. Oh, no, they're friends. It's it's a fake thing. They're friends. That's what I thought. No, this
0: is is a real one, but both of the people are relatively mature enough to just bicker and not, like, no one's getting shot on the streets of Las Vegas, if that's what we're getting at. (laughs) Wow. That was heavy. Um,
2: I still remember
0: that. I always thought the music feuds were interesting. Were you really? Yeah. Oh shit! I was actually in Los Angeles the week that uh, Hugh Grant was getting got arrested by for getting a uh, blowjob from a prostitute. That well, Omar You, was can, a you can do with what you want about that. <laughs> Say, I can run real fast out of a car. <laughs> <laughs> shit, cops! <laughs> Sorry, know, Hugh, who got Tupac? <sighs> uh, that's someone does. Uh, it was Omar. Might have been. Okay. Um, moment. It was wait. Tupac was. Biggie was Vegas.
2: Tupac was, no, was Los Angeles. Sure. Oh, no, no, no. no. Uh, that was Vegas. Tupac was Vegas. Tupac okay. was Vegas. Okay. Yeah,
0: Biggie was in Los Angeles. Okay. Anyway, sorry. I always thought that the, the music feuds were very kind of weird because for me as a music fan and after a certain point, and I, to be honest, I never really cared. Like if you if you had a song I liked, I, that's it. So like I didn't – so when Guns N' Roses was feuding with Nirvana or whatever that kind of stuff, I, it just kind of passed over me and I was just like – Make up and go on tour together or something.
2: It was silly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, although sometimes the feuds actually did help people's careers, unless someone got killed, at which point it didn't really matter. Um,
1: it helped their career, just not them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so there is a music feud going on right now. There was an article, which I had to read, of course, because it was uh, Eddie Vedder has, of Pearl Jam fame has a new album coming out, a solo album coming out sometime mid February, I think next week. And so they interviewed him in the, in the, new york times and he was just talking about just random stuff but it's at a certain point he was talking about how th- when he first started in the music industry the music didn't excite him and it was all lowbrow basically which is not wrong it was all 80s metal that's fair enough um, um and i say this as someone who liked that stuff but also i was you know
2: 15 or 13 at the time. We enjoyed some 80s metal together, I believe, at times. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, um, and if you guys listen to our episode on the Motley Crue Dirt movie, you will realize that I knew far more about Motley Crue than most of the members of Motley Crue know about Motley Crue.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, they just don't remember. Because <laughs> <'Cause laughs> I was not
0: doing cocaine off of strippers' asses at the time. Sadly. Yeah. I think it was my ass. Because <laughs> I was too young. And, um... <laughs> Anyway, so basically, this is what he said, which I don't think is overly, offen- overly offensive. Um, I used to work in San Diego loading gear at a club. I ended up being at shows I wouldn't have chosen to go to, bands that monopolized the late 80s MTV, metal bands that, I'm trying to be nice here, I despised. Girls, 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 Motley Crue, I hated it. I hated how it made the fellas look. I hated how it made the women look. It felt so vacuous. Guns N' Roses came out, and thank God it uh, gave some gave some teeth to the music. I paraphrased there, but um, so basically that. But he did say that he wasn't a big fan of like um, Heather Locklear's hair, which uh, now I'm feuding with any better as well. <laughs> um, so of course Nikki Six of Motley Crue fame, uh, he basically he heard about it and he he tweeted because that's what people do now. That he said uh, he uh, let's see, it scrolled down. Um, he tweeted basically saying that if that a abor- uh, a band as boring as pearl jam it's a it's a badge of honor that they mocked Motley crew so so um the the official pearl jam twitter account just responded just nothing big was just with a picture of like a huge crowd sing-along of people like raising their arms in the air and singing to give in to fly sing just a bunch of bored fans and that's kind of where we sit right now um i like both of the bands i've Never been bored at any of the 30-some-odd Pearl Jam concerts I've been to, nor the three Motley Crue concerts I've been to. But admittedly, I won't ever see Motley Crue again, not because of that, but because it's really hard to get past um, largely overweight Vince Neil gasping for air in between each chorus.
2: Yeah, he doesn't really even finish his sentences anymore when he's singing. Yeah.
0: And if you can't sing, oh, yeah, without gasping for air, (laughs) you got to get a personal trainer before you go on tour. Wow. You can't say "Kickstart my heart" without being like, without it being a little close to home. Yeah, it's... yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's well played, Omar.
0: Wow,
2: well played. I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm just.
0: What, what is the name of those little boxes they put on the wall for, like the with the paddles in it? That like, you know, some businesses the have, have Yeah, but it like has an initials on it. <laughs> yeah. uh, like, like. It's always bad when there's like one of those defibrillator, like in case of emergency. <laughs> break. you get there thing eventually. On side of the, uh, <laughs> on the stage, the, the drums, like it's on the drum riser,
2: <laughs> next to yeah. the next to the bottle of Jack Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! <laughs>
1: That's a and, weird looking amp, not an amp. <laughs> and the and the box of white powder for real
0: emergency. Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> so. As an old school rock fan that likes him a good rock feud, I am loving it. And hopefully, if anything else, now it's now there's people looking at it, it will sell uh, some more solo albums. Yeah, that's so, fair. And then I'll talk about it Yeah, on this exact podcast yep. as Rob falls asleep. <laughs> Did you hear my yawn?
2: Yes. Damn. <clears throat> my mic picked up a lot. That's a good mic. That's a solid mic you have there.
0: I can hear your uvula slapping back and forth. <laughs> oh, that's not my uvula. Oh, okay. That's my news.
2: Okay, uh, Rob, do you have anything? Any news? Anything newsworthy? Negative. That's fair. I just looked up. Um, I don't know why I got in my head to look up like anything new from Disney Plus. I guess because of you know been following Book of Boba Fett and there's so much good stuff on there. I did find a little bit of something that might be of interest to some people. But Brie Larson and Jeremy Renner are, it's, this isn't together, they're doing two separate unscripted shows for Disney+. Plus. Um, Brie Larson, is call, hers is called Growing Up, and it's a docu-series that looks at ten different coming-of-age tales. Don't know exactly what that is. Um, and then Jeremy Renner's doing one called Renervations. I love that, come on, that's, that's humorous and it's a four part series that follows renner as he travels the world to help communities by by and this is a quote in the article um reimagining unique purpose built vehicles Ooh.
0: interesting but jeremy renner did you guys tell me this or did someone else it, jeremy renner had a show where he like rebuilt a house for his mom oh um, no I um, didn't it know was that. it was out like right before hawkeye or right around the same time as hawkeye and like it was one of those things where he just like Every single episode was, like, this heartwarming tale of, like, the stuff that his mom did to, like, support him as he was trying to be an actor. And she was—I don't know if it was a single mom situation. I didn't get a chance to see it, but someone told me it was very good.
2: Okay. Didn't know that. So and he's that it'll got, make like, you like Jeremy of, Renner even more. Well, yeah, that sounds very cool. But that means he's got a little bit of a background. You know, he knows how to build things, make things, whatever, which makes sense with this show if they're, like, creating these vehicles. I don't know exactly yeah. what that means yet, but um, the article's in Variety— if anybody's interested in reading the whole thing. But I thought that was kind of an interesting thing. Um, Mr.
0: Renner, I want a vehicle that will help me kill as many manatees as possible. I think you're missing the point (laughs) of the show. No, I would like to kill as many manatees as possible. As
2: quickly as possible. As quickly as possible. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, Just own a boat in the 80s, basically. They're sea cows.
1: I can make burgers out of them, right?
0: (laughs) Correct. Can it, like, drop lettuce so they get closer, so I don't even have to go over to get them?
2: Oh, my God. Thank you. A lettuce, a lettuce shooter. (laughs) True Florida man. Yeah. Um, I found one other thing. Um, This is just kind of another, there's not a lot of info on here. Um, Oh, this is also from Variety. Well, I didn't know, maybe you guys knew this, maybe it was talked about and I missed it. Um, There's an upcoming Disney Plus Beauty of the Beast prequel. Uh,
3: Beauty
2: of the Beast? Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. Did I say you of the beast? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that was not that was. I'm sorry. Beauty and the Beast prequel. Is this going to be live action? Um, what? Well, um, Probably. it seems to be. Um, and just the end because everything the, needs
1: to be made live action.
2: The cast so far is Josh Gad, Luke Evans, uh, Brianna Middleton, Fra Fee, I don't know who that is, and Jelani Aladdin. And then the article that I found is that Rita Ora, who is a an a singer. And she was also in, um, she was like in Fifty Shades of Grey, Fast and Furious. She was in that movie Southpaw. She was in Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Um, She she just got cast for this part as well. But the bigger thing to me was I didn't know that um, that Beauty and the Beast was, I didn't know they were making a prequel. But I know that Rob's big time. I really wish you hadn't told Rob that. He'd figure
0: it out eventually, but. I just know that that's going to lead to more anger, unpleasantness. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well,
0: because he just can't help himself. I really
2: did that, that. I really did think like if Rob doesn't know this, I'd be surprised, but also he he would like to know. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: I yeah, I probably won't watch it.
2: No, you're not down with the prequels. He's not down I, with the live action.
1: I hate every one of the live action remakes. Really? They are all absolute trash.
0: Except, well, the the. It was not a complete remake, but um, Cruella was good.
1: That's not
2: a remake. Yeah, But so nah, do you like remake, no. the... Like Maleficent and those kind of things that are like prequels?
1: Maleficent was okay. The second one was stretching it a little bit. Um, Cruella was good. Um, but yeah, as far as the live action goes, uh, Disney just... F's it up. They get in their own way.
0: Okay, Corella was good because I, I, whoever did the style and music really leaned into the seventies punk, which mm-hmm. we talked about on our side B episode that hasn't come out yet, but it will. Uh, about uh, get crazy. So if you want to go back one episode in the feed, you'll find that I did I did some branding there. Yeah,
2: I will do that. I'm going to go back one episode.
1: I would much prefer to see. New fresh content from Disney than an army of re-releases. Don't That's fair. don't spend don't spend the next ten years remaking all of your animated movies into live-action movies because I don't give a shit. I'm not gonna watch them.
2: Isn't there a uh, give me new movies? Isn't there like a Little Mermaid in the making or has that already been done? There is. What is that going to be live-action as well?
1: Yep,
0: and I won't go see okay. it. You're, you're who, protesting are protesting. Who just all. said that? There was someone that was talking about that. Was it? I think it might have been. Was it Dave Grohl on that podcast with the the three celebrities that interview people? With uh, Jason Bateman. Oh, that's a really good that. one. Was, was he talking? I think Dave Grohl or – I had listened to two interview podcasts recently, and they were talking about how, how no one is brave anymore and they're not coming up with new content. And it's um,
1: I – I'll – I'll keep my real opinion to myself, but um they had one opportunity to get me to go see the live action Little Mermaid and they screwed it up. They didn't do it. They needed Naked do, Redheads. Sorry. Um <laughs> no, they needed to do one casting that would have made me go, Okay, I might need to go see this. He's he's actually a guy that we know that would have been perfect for the role of Ursula. He's he's a large drag queen.
0: Oh, the oh yeah, I know who you're talking about. That was on the he was on the competition show. I think, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, yeah, he was on uh RuPaul's Drag Race. Um
3: What is his stage name?
1: That's going to bug me now. But but yeah, it's uh the, if they'd have, if they'd have cast like a uh, a drag queen in the role of Ursula, I might have been like, okay, Disney knows what this role was supposed to be. I will go check this out. Yeah. Latrice Royale.
0: Oh, uh, okay, yeah, I've, I remember you. Yes,
1: um, on uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, he would have been or she would have been absolutely perfect for the role of Ursula, and or or someone like Latrice Royale would have been absolutely perfect and. That would have indicated to me that Disney got it, and I might have considered going to see it at that point. But other than that, it's there's no need for me to go see it. It's
2: who's who's just. Do you know who has the role of Ursula?
1: Um, I saw. I don't remember who it is. I mean, I can, Scarlett I Johansson. Can, I, no. <laughs> somebody, yes,
2: <laughs> somebody that really embodies that role.
1: Yeah, no, it it wasn't. I don't even. It, it wasn't a drag queen or anything.
0: Um. okay well I, I i need to shame uh ourselves here hmm. so here's the deal uh we did actually get in a voicemail from two episodes ago
1: melissa mccarthy is it really yeah
0: boo yeah I, I i like her i like her in certain comedy roles i there's certain ones that She is good for – she does pratfalls and physical humor, and there's a sinisterness in the way Ursula moves. Like the, yeah, you know, like I can't do it, but, you know, like it needs different. It needs a different type of motion in in voice and action. Obviously, it's going to be computer-generated, but um, at least most of it. Yeah, um, so anyway, yeah, we need to shame ourselves here because I was unable to – I didn't realize – that a voicemail had come through because the voice our voicemail line for our patrons is attached to another line on my phone and if i don't have the right one selected it doesn't show up mm. so um clearly in some way shape or form that is omar's fault so we're going to shame omar
2: yes shame shame <laughs> shame
0: go does, Are you, do you feel ashamed
2: does that come with a spanking <laughs>
0: might i don't have that programmed in yet though so we'll wait i'll it, drive no, to it's you no it's fine <laughs> it, it does
1: you no no, no drive to me
2: <laughs> rob you were a little too enthusiastic about that <laughs>
1: oh that you a, will be too
2: wait a second is that a paddle
0: you're whittling i can see there through the camera <laughs>
2: Oh, my God, that's so much. It's not a paddle. (laughs) So what was this? uh, So we
0: did a question a couple – two episodes ago, uh, and it was about TV shows that lost one of their main characters but kept on going.
1: Oh, okay. I remember that one. Yes.
0: Either successfully or not depending on what we decided to make of the question. Uh, Allie did call in, so this – if you guys want to hear the actual question and our opinions, you can always go back uh, to two episodes ago. But I'm just going to play it right now
3: play it. Hey, Give Me Five podcast. This is Alec. Uh, top five TV shows where the main character left and the show kept running. Uh, I found it to be a little not, not tough, but I I tended to pick most of my shows from the 80s and 90s, I I guess where my memory goes. But um, I'm going to give The Office an honorable mention only because I didn't really think the show was that great when Steve Carell left. So I don't. it doesn't make my top five because even though it went on, I don't particularly... Think of those episodes as uh, fondly. You know, I know he returned for the finale, but uh, the show was never the same. Uh, number five, the Hogan family. When Valerie left, they killed her or a contract dispute. They killed her character off, kept the show going. Number four, uh, a different world. I don't know if people remember, but oh the first God. season Lisa Bonet was the star of the show, and then uh, she left, and the show kept going, and it was actually really good. Number three. NYPE Blue, point. David Caruso left mm-hmm. after the first season, and they've had other people leave, like Jimmy Smith as well. I didn't love that show as much as other people, but it was a really good show, and it obviously survived lots of characters leaving. Number two is ER, uh, which, you know, was a very good show. George Clooney was the main, I wasn't necessarily the main character, but he was, I would say, the star of ER, and he left, and that show survived his departure as well as a lot of other people's. And then number one, I think is probably one of the more famous ones, Cheers. Charlie Long leads, Kirstie Alley comes in. I know there's probably some more modern shows, you know, The Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, stuff like that, but as far as the shows that really established characters that left, I think those five shows represent um, what you're looking for. So I hope you like it. Um, just on a quick tangent, a couple movies to, to check out. I saw The Last Duel and the movie Nobody on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Both of those movies are really good and worth checking out. So if you haven't seen them, give them a look. Thanks.
0: Those are the two movies I've been
3: uh... that show as much as other people but it was a really good show and it obviously
0: <laughs> okay apparently <laughs> I have to stop the button uh, sorry my fault it happens uh, yeah, I, I liked know. Nobody a lot that was great I I really wanted to see that when it came out I did too and I just never got around
1: to it but it was it was good I enjoyed it a lot
0: yeah I'll, maybe I'll now it's out there I can I'll watch it maybe we can review it at some point yeah, absolutely yeah. it absolutely is yeah so, so uh, Omar, we talked about manatees. Why don't we talk about Florida men?
2: Okay, all right. Real quick, I, I just got to say, Alec always nails it. He does a great job.
0: Oh, yeah,
1: it, he he nailed one that we had completely forgotten about. Different world. I uh,
2: totally yeah. forgot about Different World.
1: Yeah,
0: um, I think didn't she leave because she got pregnant? I don't. Re- I, don't I don't even remember
1: why she left.
0: I think, <clears throat> I think that I think she left because she got pregnant from Lenny Kravitz. who was like. Young punk rock star, and that's the baby is actually Zoe Kravitz,
2: and that's why she left mm. different world, okay, that's possible I, so.
0: I think so
1: did when she left was it Kadeem Hardison who became the star of the show, or was it more of an ensemble cast after she left? I don't even remember now man, it's been so remember. long since I've seen it,
0: yeah,
2: don't really don't I'm not sure it's been so long, yeah um so on to our uh Florida man segment quick quick uh <clears throat> Quick question: Let's say you're hanging out at your place, right? You're at your house, mm-hmm. and uh, your 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 neighbor your neighbor's cat wanders onto your lawn. What what do you do? What's your response? <sighs> Nothing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I know what a sane person would do, but I also know what happened. So go ahead and go ahead and uh, fill us in,
2: Omar. Well, um. A Florida man has been charged with second-degree homicide after allegedly shooting and killing his neighbor after their cat wandered onto his property. It seems
1: like an overreaction.
2: That seems like, yeah, that seems like a bit of a John Wick reaction to a nothing thing that happened. Actually,
0: I, I figured out what I would do. I would give the cat some treats, <laughs> and I would go pst, 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 and pet the cat if the cat let me otherwise i would just disregard it completely
2: well you are not clifton anthony bliss junior age 58 because that motherfucker killed his neighbor because the neighbor's cat walked onto his yard with a 22 caliber rifle wow this wow. happened in um i don't know if i'm pronouncing it correctly um but it's it's near you guys up in central florida umatilla or is it umatilla it's uh
0: i'm uh, not going to go there
2: yeah, don't ever go there. I don't know how to pronounce it. I don't want to go there. Um, surprisingly, no, I'm just kidding. Not surprisingly. They're showing like, there's like a picture here of like person where he lived. And I should say his trailer is next to his <laughs> neighbor's trailer. And I guess he didn't like the cat wandering near his trailer uh, in the grass or whatever. And he went, uh, he went next door to like go after the cat. And the neighbor said, please don't kill my cat. So the guy unloaded a shotgun into his chest. Welcome to Florida. <laughs> and wow! That one, I saw that story and I was just like, "Oh my God, this is—it's like something out of a movie." I just—I had to bring that one up. Um, that's our WTF for the week. I—I—I I, I couldn't even help it. I'm sorry. I—I I just dude really doesn't like cats. The dude is crazy. He's obviously a Welcome complete wacko. To Florida. Yeah. Right, we got to move on from that because that's just so. I to
0: get these snakes off this motherfucking plane. You <laughs> got to get this cat off my motherfucking trailer.
2: Exactly. Exactly.
0: <clears throat> meow. Um, well, yeah, okay. yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> I just watched that movie the other day.
2: That's so good. All right, Meow. All right, Meow. Oh my god, that's so funny. Well, speaking of craziness, I guess. Um, we do have a How Patreon. can people
1: learn about this craziness before we even uh, talk about it on the show? Yeah,
0: I mean. Uh, they could become a patron. Yeah. Oh my god. Show, which supports the show and all the craziness that we do. And we then do a bunch of stuff for you guys. Uh, we, there's special, uh, there's a chat room that we talk about, that we talk in. in Where where we chat, one would say. Oh, yeah, we do some chat. <laughs> we do some chatting. Um, I've been a bit busy to to partake in the chat room quite as much, although there was some hiking top talk, um, as well as – what else has been there? There's some toy stuff we talk about in there. Uh, some yeah, NFL trash talk. A little bit of NFL trash talk recently. So there's been all of that stuff. Uh, so that's, that's been kind of fun. Uh, there's also – What else do we got? Uh, Birthdays. We do uh, special birthday episodes where we do top five lists about our birthday boy or girls. And if those uh, birthday top five lists are at all true, you might want to settle up with your lawyers and all that first. No, they're all true. It's all complete. So that's uh, only $5. As I said before, it supports the show. We do have um, higher levels, which which, uh, support the show more, and they get a chance to kind of delve into the notes. They get a chance to – curate their own episode periodically. Um, those those are always fun. Actually, you just heard from our patron of Unusual Size, Alec. Thank you. Uh, and, you know, occasionally I remember to play their top five lists
2: when <laughs> I'm not, like, completely and utterly busy. That's the ultra-donor level, when we actually yes. play the things that you... <laughs> that you prepare that you for prepare. us, yes. You know.
0: And, and thus proving that, y- that your ideas are better than ours.
2: <laughs> so... Fair enough.
0: Anyway, uh, uh give me 5 podcast, uh, what is it? Uh, Patreon.GiveMe5Podcast.com Thank you to all our patrons. So I'm, I was, I had scrolled down because I'm trying to determine what we want to do first. I was looking um, I think we need Rob to vent for about three to five minutes about a book. I feel like you need he needs to blow some like. steam. Yeah. Really? You're you, all right. <laughs> and I, I will, um, <laughs> If if you go too far, can I gong you? Will that cause strife? Maybe I can like add some like music or something. <laughs> I like that? So, maybe That is so loud. Oh, my God.
2: oh um, that's the worst toy ever.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm probably gonna shove that up his ass at some point. Um,
0: <laughs> it was a magical time. <laughs> that was me fantasizing
1: about him talking about that. Yeah. Well, I recently started a book on Audible called Scribes. It was written by James Wolank, W-O-L-A-N-Y-K. It's narrated by Natasha Sudek. The synopsis is, Pawns in an endless war, scribes are feared and worshipped, valued and exploited, prized and hunted, but there is only one whose powers can determine the fate of the world. Hmm. You know what? There's more to the synopsis, but I'm I'm gonna stop it there because that was pretty much all I could get through. I I mean I know people have said that that we always like everything that we review on the podcast. It, it's not entirely true. We just don't review the shit that we did not like very often. But um, I made it through about seven chapters of this garbage <laughs> before I realized this book was just gonna continue to piss me off. Oh my God. I mean, the the main character is either insanely stupid or just genuinely not a good person. And she just plays dumb and wants to be the victim. I mean, I literally, seven chapters, I hated this book. And I only read seven fucking chapters. That's got to be some kind of a shitty record, right? I mean, just as an example, in these seven chapters, it starts off with her running away with her brother. Who's who's a cripple and her parents have sold her brother to uh, a tracker for salt, and the tracker is going to do something with her brother. They they never really go into it, but she makes it. She's running away with her brother. She makes a deal with a tracker who finds them to save her brother's life, and you know, in in return, she offers her services as a scribe, which is like this magical, fucking you know wizard like whatever you know you can put runes on people and it makes them have magic powers, and so. She offers her services, he, he accepts and says, okay, I won't kill your brother, let's go, you and me. And she's like, okay, well, we have to take him. He's like, no, that wasn't the deal. The deal you know, I don't kill him, he stays here. Well, they're leaving a crippled boy in the effing swamp. He's gonna die. And so she attacks the dude, and he kills her brother. Okay, you'd think that the deal was broken at that point, right? no. No, <laughs> she agrees to just hold to the deal, even though he killed her brother and didn't hold up his end of the deal. I'm like, okay, well, that's just stupid. And then and then in the next section of the book, they're in this ruin area or whatever, and she, like, tries to get away from him. She runs into these two guys, and I don't even know what happened there, but somehow she ends up getting taken hostage. He kills both of those. They cut her throat, and she ends up in a healer's tent, you know, like, a couple of chapters later, trying to get healed. Okay, great, all right. So... Now we see that her first expression of power where she heals the healer's wife. He, he's unable to do anything. He's just a medicine man or whatever, but she has these magic powers that can make his wife, you know, all of a sudden not have, uh, you know, congestive heart failure and her lungs are filling up with fluid. So she uses her, her ability to help the healer's wife. And the tracker comes back and he's all pissed off that she gave away her services for free. And she's like, no, I wanted to help. And he's like, I'm going to charge you for my services, but you can't pay for them and he's like well let the girl decide and she's like no i want to i want to be with uh their son cuz he was teaching her or whatever and so long story short she ends up stealing their fucking son you know she she ends up negotiating getting their son as payment and he's like please tell him you want to stay here with our son and she's like i want so and so and she gives the kid's name and it's like are you are you are you just stupid do you not Fucking care? Are you just? I I don't understand how I'm supposed to like you and think you're a victim when you're this fucking stupid. <laughs> I was like, I and, and it was at that point that I was like, you know what? I can't do this. I'm done. I and I turned it off after seven chapters. I'm like, there. I can't get behind a character this stupid or this uh, uh, whatever. I no, I'm not doing it. Well, can I bring up a quick? I've got. Comment? I've got. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> She was in a healer's tent. She was she was in a healer's building. It wasn't a tent. It yeah, yeah, was like a rundown whatever, right? building. But
2: yeah. Uh. And then she healed the healer's wife. She she used her ability
1: to make runes on people, and when she does that, it gives them special powers or heals them or does whatever. Why didn't she just do that to heal herself? She was unconscious. She she had her throat cut and she was bleeding out.
2: Right, but she woke up at some point and did that for the healer's wife. Right. Yeah. So could she just have fixed herself?
1: I don't. If it, <laughs> actually, they do say that it that their ability does not work on themselves. Okay, so
2: that is explained. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. All right, fair enough.
0: When I, I find it very interesting. I wonder if this was, like, self-published or something like that mm-hmm. because I find it—I I would always read the book reviews because, you know, mm-hmm. back in the day when, like, I had Entertainment Weekly and stuff like that, um, I was also, right. like, a big, big, big reader, but I also had no money. Mm-hmm. So I read the book reviews to make sure that I wasn't wasting money. Same, right? Yeah. It. And I always thought it was very interesting that most of the book reviews fell everywhere from an A to a C. There's very rather a D or very rarely a D or an F. Mm-hmm. And it just occurred to me that all of these major publishing houses have editor after editor after editor to make sure make sure stupid stuff doesn't get out, like stupid like things that don't make sense, things that where the characters accidentally unlikable Mm -hmm. or is unlikable for so long that you never care to find out when they become likable yeah and then as a lot of the more self-publishing stuff comes up you see a lot more of that happen because it's like sure it's it's you know we can just release it digitally it's only it doesn't cost us anything
2: Mm -hmm. right and some and a lot of the garbage can get through yeah, yeah. yeah, so I'm just wondering if that is. It, the...
1: it seemed like an interesting premise, and the the book was free, so I can't complain too much. But it it seemed like an interesting premise, and I'm like, oh, I'll give this a shot. And I got, like I said, I got seven chapters in, and I'm like, what is this bullshit? Oh, nope. And it was the first book in like a trilogy or something. I'm like, nope, not doing his, it. Uh,
0: his dislike for this book almost ruined a perfectly nice trip to a taco place yesterday. That's sad. Yeah, that's that's
2: heartbreaking. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh let's
2: uh let's talk about Clive Davis.
0: This is this is music related, Rob, but we'll we'll try to keep it down.
2: Well I'll be back. Yeah, I I <laughs> you know, this I came across this on um on Netflix uh the other day. And I was like, Alright, I, I I'm in the mood for some music and I've I of course I've heard of Clive Davis, but I don't really know much about him. This actually came out um April nineteenth, two thousand seventeen. I I didn't know about this. It's called Clive Davis, um, the soundtrack of our lives. Um, and it stars Clive Davis, and it's just it's a documentary. So it's just a ton ton of like music megastars. It's it's not it's okay. So
0: I'm not. I'm just not if I actually saw this movie or if I I did read that book. It's it's based on a book. Okay.
2: So maybe you maybe you've seen the 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 documentary as well, and I'm sure the book is of course yeah. a lot more detailed, but um. The synopsis is uh, a look at the life and world uh, I'm sorry, work at the life and work of record, record executive and producer Clive Davis, whose five-decade career has launched many superstars, including Janis Joplin, Whitney Houston, Bruce Springsteen and Aerosmith. So as I'm watching this, some small indie bands here. Yeah, the, the, names that you know you probably haven't heard of, right? like Bruce Springsteen and Aerosmith. Um, <laughs> as I'm watching this, I, I thought it was a really good documentary. I thought it was great. It mostly focused on music. It got a little bit un- into his like kind of private life or like whatever what things that could have been controversial topics. But they just put it in context of like the bigger picture. They didn't make a controversy out of out of stuff. Um you know, at one point he he says that, you know, he's in his 40s and he he just ended his second marriage and he decided that he wasn't going to let gender Dictate his next relationship, so he basically he comes out as bisexual. It's just mentioned. That's actually not in the book. It's not. I don't believe so. Um, that's kind of surprising. It's just mentioned briefly, and and there's no controversy about it. Nobody says anything about it. It's just kind of like this is just part of his life. They talk uh, briefly about how his parents died suddenly, um, like within a year of each other when he was pretty young, or I think he was already maybe in college, but that's you know relatively young stuff like that. But it doesn't they just put it in context of his life and he just seems like such a likable guy like as you watch his interviews he's very soft spoken he's very intelligent um he's responsible for a huge amount of successful bands and 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 artists in the last 50 years so i'm blown away as i'm watching this i'm especially the early part ones like the 60s and early 70s and i'm watching it and i'm thinking i have that record i have that record i have that record <laughs> i saw them live I saw them live. I was listening to them yesterday. I have that album.
0: Miles Davis, Johnny Cash, <clears> Leonard <throat> Bernstein, Chicago, Barbara Streisand, The Birds. Unbelievable, right? Blood, Sweat, and Tears, Santana, Slystone, Paul Simon, Art Carpenter. Right. That's just some.
2: Well, it's like I'm definitely not – yeah, I'm not into all of the music that he is responsible for. But you got to respect – It's the variety. Huh? It's the variety that's insane. Well, it's in, it's it's unbelievable, right? So – um, like you were saying, there's Chicago, Billy Joel, Springsteen, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, Loggins and Messina, Aerosmith. He signed, he did some deal with with Pink Floyd where he they weren't signed to his record, but it was something about um, distributing them internationally. Then he gets into Barry Manilow, Aretha Franklin, Santana. He's the one who brought Whitney Houston out to the world. Um, Kenny G, Ace of Base, The Birds, Alicia Keys, Carly Simon. Then he helped, I didn't know this either but laface records which was L.A. reed and babyface he helped them found that record label so that's tlc usher outkast pink and tony braxton then he helps bad boy records become a thing with with p diddy so that's of course puffy well he can't win them all
3: <laughs> but yeah. think
2: about all the think of just this one just bad boy records alone as puffy yeah. notorious big mace and faith evans just from that one time, the, all those people were huge stars at the time. Just just that, just those four. Then he does Arista, because one of his record labels at one point is Arista, and he does Arista Nashville, which he is a little bit more on the periphery. But just that, and I know Rob, I know you're a country like country fan. Alan Jackson, mm-hmm. Brooks and Dunn, Brad Paisley, yep. who's a yep. ridiculous guitar player. That guy's amazing, um, and he's
1: hilarious. Carrie Underwood his songs. Is are he amazing. really? Yeah.
2: Carrie Underwood, Diamond Rio, Blackhawk, all the mm-hmm. stuff that I just mentioned is maybe thirty percent of like all the other bands that he's like. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And this is one person who's responsible for all this.
0: Um so how how was the documentary? Was it you said was it even tempered? Was it gushing? Was it
2: No, like, it was very it- you know, it, it, it's I guess it was a little bit now that you mention it, I guess it was a little bit gushing, but not deliberately so. You they just interview all these people and they clearly have so much like love and respect for him. So it was it was very, very interesting um how it was presented. I don't think it was overblown. I think it was very fair. They do get into one or two like mistakes that he made. Um, there was
0: there was some controversy and this is it's funny because it wasn't controversial at the time but he did get fired for it at the time where he was basically the record label was caught giving drugs and money to to DJs to play yeah music. The- he back in the seventies but like the problem wasn't that he was doing it because literally everyone was doing it the problem was that they just happened to somehow catch him it's like someone decided they wanted him gone. He says, "You, no one would get it played on the radio without giving drugs to the DJs."
2: Well, that's the thing. He he says in the video, in the and he says in the documentary that he he really does come out and he do, he very specifically says that like I, I had no knowledge of of the, of like there was a couple of things that were going on like with things that were kind of on the books at the record label and this payola scandal, and he says, "I I didn't know about it," like he flat out says like. I, I, I wasn't part of it. I don't know if, of course, I don't know if it's true. Do I believe him or not? I don't know. Um, but he comes off as very likable and believable, to to be honest. There's another little part where it gets a little bit, not a little bit personal, it's not too personal, but apparently he, because he, he, he found Whitney Houston when she was like 19. And he they develop this close relationship, and they interview his own children as well, and they say, that he treated her like a daughter too, like he was so like he loved her like a daughter. So of course he dies, and you know he's devastated, and and it gets into a, a little bit about that. But I never, it's never exploit, exploitative in any way. It's it's I, I liked it. I thought it was an interesting uh, documentary, and of course being you know a music fan, it, it was pretty mind blowing to see like all the the talent that that came out of like came from this one guy. I highly recommend it if you're a music fan.
0: I have a. This is actually an interesting story from a book that I finished. And it is. It is related. Sorry, Rob. Um, but I just finished the uh, book about Billy Joel, and it was remarkably well done. Um, and he was at, after I think his first divorce, he went to Ar- Aruba or something. You know, like where every where everyone goes after their divorce. and <laughs> Yes. Ooh, I want to take you.
2: I went to Nashville. So He but goes that's in, funny. and
0: he was he was actually feeling sad for you know, obviously. And he uh, was just kind of playing piano at this bar. And over in the corner were these two very attractive girls, uh, one of which was uh, Elle McPherson, and the other one was was Chrissy Brinkley. Ripley. Yeah. Um, but I think at some point – I think this was – I might be getting the stories mixed up, but I, there was this other girl at the bar so, who wasn't a celebrity. And she came up and asked if she could sing um, with the piano. And it's just a young girl, and it's like, okay, and it's like, oh. And, so, and he was kind of just not really in the mood, I guess, and he sort of kind of blew her off at the time. And she's like, okay, well, my name's Whitney, and I'm going to be a big star. And it was like a 17-year-old Whitney Houston. Oh my so God. at this random bar in Aruba, Whitney Houston, <laughs> Christy Brinkley. This is before – Billy Joel was the only big star at the time. Like the other two were just up and coming, and then Whitney Houston.
2: Like, Dear Lord. We should go to Aruba. Like what are we doing? Are you guys down mm. for next month? Take a trip. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> um yeah. wow, that's a crazy story. Wow. I didn't know that. That that sounds like a good book. I would read that. Um re- wh- oh, we'll discuss that at some point. One other thing about this this uh documentary. The director is a guy named Chris per- Perkel or Perk. I think it's Perkel. He has done a lot of other documentaries. He did one on Coachella that I think he produced. I don't think he directed. But he also directed PJ20. Ooh, he's the guy who did the video for Pearl Jam Twenty, which I thought was interesting. I obviously had no idea going into that, but as I was doing research, I was like, "All right, I automatically like this guy. <laughs> mm, I love him." <laughs> Nikki Six doesn't. Dick, Nikki Six is not a fan. Yeah, he wants. They, they want to fight. Get in the ring. No, that was uh Guns N' Roses. That was Guns N' Roses. I, I know, but I just I couldn't. I couldn't. About Motley Crue. I though. couldn't resist. It was right, wasn't it? About him and uh, Vincent Neil. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: See, there you go. Full circle.
0: Vincio would be winded just climbing oh, climbing up the stairs to get into the ring <laughs> at this point.
2: That is correct. <laughs> so, um, all right. What about... I guess,
0: uh, wait, who am I talking about, Reacher now, I guess? Reacher time. I guess I'll do... Yeah. Oh, are, we, uh, are we back? We're back. <laughs> I, Hello, I, went, I went and trimmed my nose hair.
2: Uh, that's uh,
0: good. good. You have a lot of nose hair. We talked about music for a long time.
2: I thought, we, I thought uh, we did a pretty good job of pulling it back. We did. We were concise. Yeah. We were concise. You were.
0: Uh, The other day, Rob told me that he had watched something called Reacher, and I had no idea what it was, even though I had seen the other movie and I knew about the books, but I was like, somehow it snuck out. So I had a little bit of time, so I, last night I watched two episodes of Reacher. Uh, Rob had finished the whole show. Uh, Reacher was released February 4th, 2022, on Amazon Prime. Uh, starring a large hunk of man meat named Alan Richson, uh, Malcolm Goodwin, who uh, was in iZombie, and I kind of recognized him, but kind of didn't. And as soon as you said it in our text chat,
1: Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, yeah! Uh,
0: He was the the police officer who was... Clive. Yeah, that was uh, either suspicious or then kind of brought in on the whole thing. Uh, Willa Fitzgerald as the adorable uh, Roscoe, yeah, super adorable. Yep. Uh, Hugh Thompson, Chris Webster, Bruce McGill, who I recognize a lot. Bruce McGill, what else is he in? I'm trying to remember. He's you know the guy with like the goatee. The he's an older guy, yeah, but he's been I think he always played like 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 a like a southern. He was he was the
1: uh, the sheriff in My Cousin Vinny.
0: I remember. Yeah, I remember him from that. But like I. I, I I remember him as, like, a, I don't know, like a, a, someone that would help, like, a cop, but not wasn't a cop himself in something. Or, like, I don't know, maybe the person that, like, fixed Airwolf or something. I don't know. Oh, he funny. was in something else that I recognized him from. Uh, it wasn't him in Airwolf, obviously. Uh, Maxwell Jenkins, Gavin White, Leslie Frey, Jonathan Konigin, Willie Carpenter, and I stopped at Harvey Guillen. And uh, Harvey Guillen, of course, from... Uh, what We Do in the Shadows.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. That's right. As the familiar. As Gizmo, the familiar. Yeah, familiar. Yeah, you A.K.A. Last Boy Scout? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, Jack, the, the synopsis is a little bit interesting. It's Jack Reacher was arrested for murder, and now the police need his help based on the books by Lee, by Lee Child. I just think it's funny that, like, all of that arrested for murder stuff is really solved in the, like, ten minutes, the first ten minutes of the show. But it's, like, the synopsis. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what drew you to this, and what do you like about it?
1: Me? I...
0: Uh, Any of you that's not me.
1: I, I like, I like the stories of, like, the Special Forces guys who do, um, like, detective work and figure stuff out, and also have some pretty awesome fight scenes. And in some of the, some of the trailers, there were some, some pretty pretty neat uh, fight sequences uh, that kind of pulled me in. So I, I figured, uh, you know, I'll kind of check it out. And plus, I'm looking at it going, Jesus, this guy's fucking huge. What the hell? And um, he he's actually a decent actor. And uh, Willa Fitzgerald is, you are correct, is absolutely adorable. Um, their chemistry is pretty good. The remembering the movie that I saw that starred Tom Cruise as Jack Reacher. And, and I think I talked about this with you. Um, they, they really kind of were like two different reachers. Um, Alan Richardson's Jack Reacher was much more large and intimidating. And I made the point that, that while he looks like he could kick somebody's ass and you, you asked, how did Tom Cruise ever get that role? And I'm like, well... Oh, he was know. Jack Dalton and
0: MacGyver. That's who he was. That's how I know him. Yes. Because I am more of a MacGyver fan than I realized, just right there. I need Bruce, to sit down. Bruce McGill, that is. Yes, yes.
1: Sorry. Continue. And you, you asked, how did Tom Cruise ever get that role? And I was like, well, you know, he does lend a little bit of believability to the role of Jack Reacher in that if you walked up to a guy that looked like Alan Richson... What are the odds that you're actually going to pick a fight with this behemoth? Um, and then you made another point that that does make sense. You you have a lot of, like, large friends who... Or you know a lot of, like, large men who said that they always end up... People end up trying to pick fights with them just because they're so big. Like a bar or something like that. Right,
2: right. That's true, yeah.
1: And so, I mean, I could see it going either way. So, I mean, I while I understand uh, Tom Cruise's Jack Reacher, I... I like this one much better.
2: Totally agree. 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 I I wasn't even going to watch this because of the movie. Like I wasn't, like I saw the whatever, like a trailer for it or whatever. And I just Mm -hmm. didn't even, I didn't even give it a a thought until you guys mentioned it. So I'm on episode three now and I really like it. And you're right. It's a completely different thing. And I remember reading at one point, even, before this show, I remember reading that like big time Reacher fans of like the books and everything, they were mad mm-hmm. that it was Tom Cruise that was chosen as the as the main character, but like mm-hmm. because because he doesn't you know he he doesn't have the size or whatever,
1: because um, he's written as a really large guy. I take yeah it.
2: he is written as as a big. So this 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 character this actor is very true to the to the novel's character apparently. I haven't read any of the books. But, and I, I just found that the, the Jack, the the Tom Cruise movie, the movie, it honestly just bored me. I don't remember anything about it. It was completely a forgettable movie.
0: There was two movies that came out around the same time that were very similar.
2: Yeah, that's true.
0: There was the other one where Tom Cruise, like, ended up dead on the subway at the end of
2: it. with Jamie Foxx. Collateral. Yeah. That movie was great. Bruce, M- Bruce
1: McGill was in that one as well, by the way.
2: Oh, that's funny. That was a great movie. That, that That I really enjoyed. But, um... Spoiler alert by the way. <laughs> but um the this movie was great. I mean this show is great so far. Two episodes in and I'm I'm loving it.
0: I am a big fan of certain things in shows and if you have a detective show and the person does the thing where he's like, "Well, I saw a little bit of soil on the end of their shoe, so I knew that he had been wandering around an alpaca farm previous to the the murder." <laughs> right. And he reached for his left earlobe with his right hand, so I knew that he was right-handed and recently fired a gun, like any of that type of shit. Love it, like that. Sign me up, like that's the pretty much one of the entire reasons I watched all of Psych. I love that show. They did that kind of stuff, or like even when they reveal, like in a crime, like one of those fun crime movies, like uh, Knives Out or something, when they reveal like how everything was done, like all of that stuff is is I watch that regardless. That's
2: why the Benedict Cumberbatch um, Sherlock was such a great show. Yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah. And it, and you're right, Ooh. it was for that, partially for that reason. Uh, um, butterfly and snatch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ.
0: <laughs> yeah, that
1: guy. Yeah. <laughs> did you intend to make that as dirty as what you did, or was that yes, just I kind did, of actually. like word soup?
0: <laughs> no, I did, I did, actually. Okay. I, uh... I mean, I couldn't think of anything else at the time, and I was—I had a—I had a very short time to figure something out.
1: <laughs> I mean, you may as well just just have called him Bum Tickle. Listen, you na- yes. whatever,
2: you nailed it. That was great. So, <laughs> wow, I I thought that was great. So, if we found the name of the episode,
0: that's not going to ever get posted.
2: <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Uh,
0: uh, uh, yeah. No, so that's one thing. Um. It's going to sound like I don't like it. This there's a little bit of an interesting kind of pacing thing with this, and it's very. It seems very British. Like I always there's a couple of British shows that I watched uh, Doctor Who. Uh, uh, there was a couple like crime dramas that I watched where a certain character would like show up in places they're really not supposed to be, and it just like they kind of just integrated themselves like right away. And like, there's a whole lot of that with him just being like Richard just being at the police station after being arrested and like the chief doesn't like
3: him, but he's just kind of like there. One like really gruesome murder scene. I don't know
0: at this point, this is yeah. in the second yeah, episode. The second, like yeah. they notice that he's just like walking down the hall, stepping on
2: the bloody footprints. I thought of that too. I, t- I totally thought like, you're just walking through the crime scene. Like, what are you doing? Without like little booties on, <laughs> you're not even looking down. <laughs> like, <what>? Yeah, <laughs> and there was like there was like blood, like trails of blood on the floor. You're stepping through it. Like, what are you doing?
0: So I thought that was just an interesting thing. It, it, it occurs to me, and I was actually very surprised about this. But Reacher was created by a British writer. Oh, so Lee, uh, Lee Child is the author. He's British. He uh, wrote for television for from like seventies to the nineties. Uh, over forty thousand hours of, of television, he wrote. And then it got laid off because there was, like, two people doing the same job or something. So he's like, fine, I'll just write a novel. He felt that novels were the most pure of entertainment. And he – it's crazy that his first book – a British TV writer, his first book takes place in, like, deep south Alabama. And it works.
2: hmm. Wait, so is this season based on the first book? Yes. It's okay.
0: uh, based on the novel Killing Floor, which was the first got book. It. It, well – there's actually multiple books. Yeah, there's 26 um, of them, actually. Well, no, no, I mean oh. in the first season, as it goes oh, on. It? Yeah.
1: As, uh, as it goes on, it, it adds other books to the first season. Really?
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Interesting. Like okay. that. Um, the, and the, this is, again, not a complaint so much. as just something I noticed. Um, this show has a lot of people I recognize from other things in which they don't have a Deep South accent, uh, specifically Harvey Guillen. And it was—it's very jarring to be like, "Oh, sweet, it's Guillermo," and he's like, "Well, you know, oh, you know, y'all. <laughs> like, hey, cut his testicles off," and I'm—you uh, probably haven't seen that part yet, but yeah, no, I've seen. Um, it. Yeah. Okay, that's episode two. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, and I'm like, it's a very weird. One, it's not so weird to hear him say that. It's just weird to hear him say it in a southern accent because mm-hmm. I—that's—he's more of a soft-spoken now, like vampire you, familiar.
1: Did you have as much of a problem with with Clive's character? Um, in the first couple of episodes, where he's a little too angry. After a, a little too angry and a little bit too much overstepping what he could actually do, I'm like, I don't know that it works like that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Reacher could probably challenge that, and it would
0: just be bullshit. It's actually one of the pro- the problem I had with him. Is the same reason I don't watch SVU, because like the Mariska Hargitay character, because you know the SVU is like so formulaic. The first person they arrest is never the person that did anything right, wrong, right. and she's always like, "You're a rapist," and I'm telling your wife, and everything's bad about you, and then you find out that that person did nothing wrong, mm-hmm. and there's never that scene where like, "Yeah, I'm sorry about all that. I was just trying to get a reaction out of you," like, and it's kind of like, and it like it. Yeah. It just that, like it, just always. It seems like that's always the case. Never apologize; it shows weakness. <laughs> yeah, and like I kind of got the same feeling about this, where he's like, every time anything happens, he's like, it's like, "Okay, I know you weren't in the town when this murder happened, but I'm gonna hold you for it anyway." Yeah. Well, you.
1: So, yes, I, I already got evidence that shows that I'm not the killer. This is just harassment at this point.
0: Yeah. I'm just a guy who's standing in the front size of, a girl. of eight or nine guys. <laughs> <laughs> he's a large individual and always with his shirt off yeah it was for fat. Finds a well
2: we know you slow mode through those parts uh, many so. times i just wanted to make sure i was seeing it correctly it looked like he had a shirt on i was just checking
0: yeah, yeah.
2: i'm just You're being slow. thorough all he right
0: did. don't he does it for the podcast yeah. how else I... is he going to review that guy's abs and pecs? <laughs> i do it for the mm-hmm. people Taut erect nipples <laughs> without watching it in slow motion
1: how what did you think of that prison fight scene
0: the one in the cell or the one the one in the cell was great the The one one in the cell cell was was amazing and Uh, it was the shortest one yeah the guy's like he just he pops him and then elbows him in the head several times to where he's smashing the guy's other side of his head into the top bunk of a bunk thing that the was fight is great...
3: literally
1: over in like five seconds. That was
0: actually a great framed scene where they had the camera like underneath the bunk, and then as he's as they're messing with the like nerdy guy, uh-huh. you see the leg like slowly slide down like a like a shark uh, yep. fin going through the water. <laughs> oh yeah,
2: that's a good point. That is what like it was
0: a, like. or like a jungle movie where there's like a snake coming out of yeah. a tree yeah. behind someone. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was great. Uh, and then of course the uh, I just love the the human collateral of on the ground of like broken mangled bodies in the uh, <laughs> the workout room <laughs> the the shower yeah the shower that's what it was yeah
2: the fight scenes are really yeah. well done
0: they are very well
1: choreographed and it, it it's very frenetic a lot of high energy action and it's a lot of fun to watch
2: mm-hmm. and for his size he moves like quickly he does like it's 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 pretty cool like they're, they're well done
0: i reckon i actually started recognizing him after a couple of parts of the thing like at first I didn't, I'm like he looked kinda of familiar, but I couldn't place it, but um he was in uh he is the voice of Raphael in the Ninja Turtle movies, but he was oh, no in uh, uh he was gloss in the Hunger Games is how I knew him. And um he is also uh, Hank Hall in Titans, the which I've not watched all of but I've seen him. Who's uh I think uh Hawk from Hawk and Dove from the Marvel Comics series. Hmm. So so uh, would we suggest everyone watch it? I'm assuming the answer is yes for all of us. I, yeah, how
1: many, how many episodes are you in, Greg? Uh, just two. I watched oh, them. you both are just two episodes I, in?
2: I'm like a quarter of the into episode three. Okay.
1: I, I finished the whole series. The series is very enjoyable. I, I watched two episodes, and I went back and started watching episode three at lunchtime, intending to just you know watch an episode while I ate lunch and then go do some other stuff. It ended up being a, a six-episode binge night. I watched all six episodes that day and wasted my whole day because I was like, oh, damn it, I need to watch
2: the next one Because it's good. It, it, I, it, it it, is. It, it's engaging like, right from the start. I, I really liked it. Yeah.
0: I was going to watch it, but instead I had to get crushed in Fireball Island by my wife. So Excellent. Has your, you should probably not watch it while your boy is around. I was gonna, uh, no, yeah, yeah. no, no, no. Definitely. I don't need him to learn any ways to you know defeat me in prison fights. <laughs> so uh, it is violent, and there is some nudity, <clears throat> just like a random day at Omar's house.
2: If, if everything's oh, yeah. going my way, yes, <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
3: <laughs> uh, uh,
0: well, in honor of the ongoing Nikki Six Eddie Vetter feud. I'm going to go ahead and uh, do a little surprise Give Me Five here. And I used to love these music feuds back in the day, which I said earlier. Uh, so we're going to do the top five music feuds. Alec sent one in. <laughs> you ready for it? You're right. It's just sure. going to blow ours out of the water, so we're just going to do
3: it and we'll see what happens. Hey, Give Me Five podcast. It's Alec. I've got uh, top five musician feuds, um, number one. Actually, I'm sorry, number five, Nas versus Jay-Z. That was a pretty uh, fun one. Uh, Number four, Oasis versus Blur, and then actually Oasis versus everybody, including themselves. Number three, Brian Wilson versus Mike Love, the Beach Boys. Number two, Lennon and McCartney. I think that's obviously a pretty big one. And the most famous one, I think, is Tupac and Biggie. That was probably the biggest feud. Um, I, I think this is inspired by the the new Motley Crude Pearl Jam food that I know a feud that Greg is uh, going crazy over. I'm sure. Uh, you know, th- I think that would be an interesting uh, battle of the bands there. Um, and then I wanted to also give you my top five needle drop type soundtracks from our movies from last week. Cause I didn't uh, see so the question that off late, We actually but, did get that. Uh, honorable mention goes to Guardians.
0: So, thank you, Alec. Um, at the time that he recorded this, we had not had a chance to get that in the episode, or that episode had not come out yet. Uh, but now, that episode is out, so he saw that his thing was out. Uh, and yes, he was very wise. That was exactly the reason for the question, the Eddie Vedder, Nikki Six thing. I just find it um, a novelty, though. I don't have an opinion either way, although if it was about all the bands, uh, every member of Pearl Jam is a better musician than every member of Motley Crue. So, that is my opinion on that. Omar, do you agree? Them's fighting words. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> uh, there's a reason why the members of the <laughs> group had to light their pants on fire before they went on stage to give people something to look at. Whereas Project just walks up there with a bunch of candles and plays. Um, I, I will go with my like... top five feuds. Mm-hmm. Good? Shoot. Okay. Uh, my honorable mention for this, and this, I believe this was not an entirely real feud. It was more of just a, a bickering. Uh, that would be Prince and the Foo Fighters. The Foo Fighters did a kind of fun version of Darling Nikki where there was a lot of screaming towards the end. And Prince got mad because Prince does that and basically was like, you ruined the song. So the reason why it's a honorable mention is because he got revenge by when he was doing his Super Bowl performance. He played "Best of You" by the Foo Fighters, and it was phenomenal. Um, in the rain, guitar, all that stuff. And it was like, if you're going to get pissed off and do something like that, people should piss you off more often.
2: That so was number five, very, he probably had the best Super Bowl performance of all time. Yeah.
0: Uh, my number five, um, Douche Canoe and Taylor Swift. I mean, sorry, I read that wrong. Um, <laughs> Kanye, Kanye, and Tyler. No. Kanye West and Taylor Swift that dude is melting down in real time as we say this so it's but I'm I'm looking at this really oh yeah there's he is uh basically stalking his ex-wife and it's 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 a little sad because the the media and the the paparazzi and everything is treating it like it's a big joke and it's
1: wait his ex-wife is that Kim Oh, they are actually divorced. I thought they were still together. <laughs> uh, well, See, I don't
0: pay attention to this shit. Like, there's he, he. I don't know exactly what's happening, but what I do know is the media is treating it like it's a big joke, and it it really seems like it could get violent and dangerous because he's walking around saying that Kim stole his children when it was. More well,
1: yeah, of, he's I, he's a lunatic. Yeah,
0: so I'm fairly I'm hoping,
1: certain. I'm, I'm fairly certain that he's got some like. Uh, psychiatric issues that are either undiagnosed or he refuses to seek treatment for.
0: Well, remember, and and I I, I knew a little bit about him when he first started because he was a producer of other stuff. Mm-hmm. If, when he first started, he had gotten in a major car accident. His first big song was Through the Wire, and it meant that his jaw was wired shut mm. on top of right. other things. So he, he really started off with severe head injuries. When he got a shit ton of money because he did that, he paid for his mom to get um, some sort of, like, plastic surgery and she died as a result of it It was one of those rare cases where someone dies like from the from the surgery and it, all of this fame and that and then the other thing all at once and he you know he's yeah i don't know it's it's a whole thing it's fascinating but not a fan and um, taylor swift didn't deserve that of course uh number four i'm gonna go with uh, trent Reznor, marilyn manson and um Marilyn Manson is the one actual person I have canceled that I used to like a lot uh, recently. Like,
2: because of his – because of all the stuff that came out about him?
0: Yeah, all the stuff that came out where he was he, – he was as much of a monster as he portrayed, and I always thought it was an act. But when all these women are saying that he would lock, him in their, lock them in his room and he had a special dungeon in his room and he wouldn't let them go out and this whole long story, hmm. um, I will not listen like, – and I listen to him a lot. And I will not listen to him in any way, shape, or form that will give him money anymore. And I was a fan, um, but Trent Reznor stopped talking to him a while ago, possibly for the same reason. And there was other little things happening, but I think that was kind of a big feud. Then it had a reason. Uh, for my three, I am going to go with Vince Neil and Axl Rose, uh, and Kurt Cobain and Axl Rose. Uh, basically, everyone else that was popular in the late nineties or late eighties through the early nineties, and Axl Rose. Lots of fighting. Uh, it's a little better now, but um, I'm going to go with Megadeth, Dave Mustaine, and Metallica.
2: Yeah, that's a good one.
0: Dave Mustaine got kicked out of Metallica um, right before they hit it big. And then Metallica hit big. Dave Mustaine went on to form Megadeth, or as my phone autocorrected, Megaseth. <laughs> <laughs> I want there to be a metal band <laughs> named Megaseth, which is just like a Jewish guy, like... Screaming over guitars, um, the biggest anyway.
2: Seth you've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, and Dave Mustaine really hasn't recovered from it still. Um, but number one, Alec was right: Biggie and Tupac. Um, I did leave out people within the same band for the most part, other than the the Metallica Dave Mustaine thing, just because it happened early. So those would be mine.
2: Okay. Um, am I Rob? Are you? Do you have? I got. I from? got
1: nothing. <laughs> okay. Bob uh, agrees yeah.
0: with me exactly. Yes,
1: one hundred percent. What Greg nailed said.
2: nailed it. <clears throat> um, I. I went with, you know, feuds that I guess were were important to me. I don't know. Um, Roger Waters and David Gilmour, all oh. from Pink Floyd, who of course, um. Huge thing in the 80s where they fought over the control of the band name and all that, and uh, David Gilmour and the rest of the band won over Roger Waters. Um, Lennon and McCartney, of course, in the 70s, they had a big feud after the Beatles broke up. Um, that's pretty famous. Um, the Beatles and the Stones. That was the thing in the late late 60s, mid to late 60s. Who was the better band? Now, that was kind of manufactured. Mm-hmm. Um, they were friends. The Stones, some of their first big hits were written by, by Lennon-McCartney. And Lennon-McCartney are the ones who taught them to, like, if you want to really make money and control your music, you got to write your own music. But as far as, like, out on the streets, it was the big Beatles versus Stones thing. Um, Another one like that, but fast forward a couple decades, was in the early 80s when uh, Prince and Michael Jackson were huge. Like who's bigger? Who's who do you like better, Prince or Michael Jackson? So that's not really. I guess those last two aren't necessarily feuds between them. Those are more like fan based feuds. Fan based feuds, yeah. Yeah, but but I imagine
0: getting in a parking lot fight uh, between Prince and Michael Jackson. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Only if he's dressed like in his purple, like like purple haze, purple rain phase. That yeah, right. That, that would be fighting. great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Michael Jackson with the one glove. <laughs> um, and then the same as you guys for the number one. I mean, this is huge, and it definitely had a huge impact on on our pop culture in the last uh, few decades. But the Biggie Tupac thing is huge. I mean, and they both ended actually up. Died. The, I was just gonna like, say, literally, yeah, they both ended up dead. I mean, this is like a serious thing. And the and the and if you listen to some of the things that they wrote about each other. On those like diss tracks that they made, holy crap! Like they went at each other; it was insane. But um, I think that had such a massive cultural impact on on. I mean, music. the only way
0: it's it's worse is with that time that uh, Paul McCartney killed the first guitarist for Foghat.
2: Yeah, but we we you weren't supposed to talk about that.
0: Oh, I was just going to start that rumor. Well, <laughs>
2: oh, <that's> not... <laughs> but anyway,
0: so that that was our our uh, things there. So we are. Uh going to close oh out here Rob
1: god so. I'm reading some of the shit that went back and forth between Madonna and Elton John <laughs> holy shit wow
2: yeah that's fair Elton, Elton John John, also John had says a team... sorry
1: her career is over her tour has been a
0: disaster and it
1: couldn't happen to a bigger cunt <laughs> he's he also that's compared actually an, her... in
0: in England that's a nice word
1: <laughs> he also compared her to a fucking fairground stripper
2: <laughs> wow jesus christ Elton John is uh
1: Savage?
2: Brutal. Yeah. Yeah, For sure.
0: is on the new Eddie Vedder album, actually.
1: And I think he's, like, bipolar because he, like, he he goes off the handle and then apologizes and says, Oh, I love her. (laughs) But, I mean, that's... He comes up with this, I've had her over for dinner, that fucking bitch. Oh, I love her. I'm sorry. (laughs) I didn't mean that.
2: (laughs) We had a sleepover the other night in our jammies. The cunt.
0: <laughs> it's like Jesus.
2: Wow, slow down.
0: Um I mean, ad- admittedly reading it you don't we it's hard to know the tone of voice cuz I have I have gone to brunch with a large group of gay men. Mm-hmm. And I've been called the worst things ever and yet I loved it. we
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> We'll we'll circle back to Yeah, that but later. you know not all of
1: not all of that is uh is playful. They actually kind of mean that shit sometimes.
2: That's
0: funny. I'd do it again. (laughs) You'd do them again. Fair enough. So, uh, why don't you take us out of here? Well, that will be it
1: for our show this evening. Um, If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email us at giveme5podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at giveme5pod. You can go to Facebook and find us by searching for the giveme5podcast or you can go directly to our website give me 5podcast.com and remember guys it's always spelled out f i v e not the number 5 and if you could please leave us a review on whatever podcast app you're using it helps other people find us and it helps us stand out thank, thank you, you guys
0: for listening catch you on side B
3: do it up